Um, have you ever been victimized by new age spirituality? We've been, we've been waiting for you. We've been waiting. You're going to want to listen up. I'm Megan, an intuitive life coach and Reiki master. I'm Ryan, a professional astrologer. And we want to show you what spirituality is by talking about what it is not. Con artist. Yes. Snake oil salesman. There are so many susceptible people out there. And then they're tainted. They're ruined. They don't want to come back to spirituality. We still have a lot to learn and we will humble ourselves and learn. I think every freaking day. This is Claire Annoyance. A podcast of spiritual interference. We're back. Another yeah. week. Another dollar. Another day. Another dollar. Speaking of dollars, when's the last time? Isn't it nice to be able to get readings from like different practitioners in this space who are multifaceted in their position? Like when's the last time you did that? Multifaceted in their position. Um, I mean, I try to frequently. Like, I think that's, it's interesting because it reminds me of like, you know, like a therapist delays seeing a therapist or like doctors are so busy treating patients that they can ignore their own health. Like doctors can easily be unhealthy and they will admit that stuff. You know, it's like just because you're a practitioner in this space doesn't mean you're taking care of those things for yourself because you're often Mm -hmm. so busy doing it for other people. So I really do try to make a big point of seeing other practitioners and like different all sorts of different kinds like I love I love having like you know go-tos for sure but like also just experimenting and exploring what's out there um and so when was my last reading it really wasn't that long ago um it was when was your your last reading with our guest okay my last reading with the guest it was actually when was that I don't know I, I could I could look it up though I've got my notes um here um when was that i don't know a couple months ago a couple months ago just about like two months ago maybe um and i'm so excited because this guest is honestly lovely um shocker 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 everyone met on tiktok um no but really (laughs) where else are we supposed to meet people these days i swear to freaking god dude i know but i love it I really wouldn't have it any other way, truly. Like, I mean, I would. I guess, like, it'd be dope if there were just, like, a bunch of, like, spiritual people walking around and just, like, you could just meet people. But Mm -hmm. it doesn't happen that way. And you meet, like, you get confronted with or you encounter so many different diverse people online. Like, it's a beauty thing, beautiful thing of the internet, I guess, right? And so I... um don't even remember exactly when I came across our guest today, but developed like a lovely little rapport. And then we decided that we wanted to read for each other. And one thing that I love about her, I do say so myself, is Mm -hmm. yes, she's a tarot reader. And like, Mm -hmm. you know, I got like some gripes with tarot readers Mm -hmm. on social. And I, what, what immediately made me respect Amy Philbin Mm. is that she incorporated astrology into it, but not in the boring ways where it's like, you know, this reading is for Gemini's. You might be dealing with a Sagittarius, not in that (laughs) dumb way where you just drop like one, you know, sign name. One buzzword. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I feel like most tarot readers have like the same three adjectives for every sign and they don't really know what they're talking about, which Mm -hmm. is like a pet peeve of mine. Cause I'm like, you're channeling for a sign and you don't even understand that sign's energy. How could you possibly be channeling for them and like giving a message to these people? It doesn't, but Amy will be so like 
fine grained with how she incorporates astrology, meaning like she'll talk about the fact that there's a full moon today and also Venus is um, in a sextile with Neptune. And so this means this. Let's see how that shows up in the cards. You know, like it's so oh, cool. cool. Yeah, yeah, it's like it's she in, or like she'll just be doing a reading, like getting a message. I don't know her full process, but like she'll kind of say, yeah, you know, she'll say like I got like basically like this theme and she does this reading but then throughout the reading she'll be like oh and this is happening or this plant's about to go retrograde so do be mindful of that you know she really knows astrology <laughs> which obviously i'm gonna appreciate so um i love getting readings from people but especially knowledgeable people and you know those are the only people we fuck with and the only people that you're gonna see on here F i was about to say quite an endorsement so miss amy Come on in, give us Hello. the spiel. <laughs> Hello. Thank you guys for having me today. I'm really excited to be here. So yeah. Thanks, Ryan. Um, are you kidding? I'm ecstatic to have you. Yes, Truly loved your reading. Exciting. Yeah. We were kind of briefly talking before this too. I was literally like looking over the notes from your last reading that I the reading we had together. And um I love readings that work this way where they make sense as time goes on i think those that happens mm -hmm. often you know yeah. but it's like you make like i was like some weird things have been happening in the last couple weeks for uh -huh. me and i literally thought to go look back at your the notes that i took during your reading and i was like dang yup this all is like yeah. hitting so i yeah just appreciate you and i'm really appreciate you spending your time with oh, us thank so you. Yeah. Uh, let let me like not bastardize your reputation and <laughs> please introduce yourself in your own words. Who are you and what yes. should people know about you? Yes, I am a multidisciplinary practitioner of tarot and astrology. Um, and I help my clients have psychological and behavioral shifts using tarot and astrology. And also I am a trauma informed and family systems informed coach. And hypnotherapist. So essentially, hey, that's cool. I'm weaving all of these giant metaphorical worlds together so that people can have the breakthroughs they need to be on the path that they truly want to be on. So I work a lot with traumas of origin, things of that nature, just really removing obstacles for people and helping them gain the clarity, insight, and perspective that they need. So uh, that's dope. That's what I'm here to do. <laughs> So, so yeah. well put. It's yeah, very, that's it's incredible. Very, it's very Gemini. It's just like, I'm going to do the constellation of things, right? And it's like, I can't, I was thinking about this earlier too. It's like, uh, and it's this Gemini quality of like, it just can't be the tarot. It has to be how it relates to all of these other things so that mm -hmm. we have this, you know, this constellation of thoughts and ideas and we're picture. drawing on all of these things that, you know, to be useful. So, so yeah, so that's really, that's my vibe. That's what we're doing. Cool. I love it. Screams yeah. Gemini. I'm glad you beat me to it. I was going to be like, can y'all tell she's Gemini, right? I mean, mm -hmm. it's just true. Hard to stick to one thing. Yeah, for real. So we're yeah. going to be talking, um, uh, as longtime listeners would know, we've had a tarot episode with Anna Tonk, um, mm -hmm. but this is going to be a very different version of it. Um, and I think that's honestly excellent because... Like I said, like I love getting new perspectives on different readings and like mm -hmm. I'll see numerous astrologers, you know, and tell clients mm -hmm. to see other astrologers. It's important. So we're going to get a whole different perspective on tarot today and um, specifically archetypes. So I would love to, and I guess also for archetypes, if anybody wants to go back to our episode 15, 
Um, it was the serendipity sessions, somber submarines and elemental reveries. We talked a little bit about archetypes there, but more so in the elements. Um, this is a very yeah, different so approach. What are they? Like, so say someone is like no clue, like what are archetypes? How do you use them? Why are they important yeah. in Tarot? That's a great question. Um, archetypes are the symbolism that we use that is derived from the collective unconscious. It's the thing that we are always experiencing, yet never really experiencing because of their collective, it's a collective set of psycho-spiritual circumstances, right? So as an example of that, we will all experience the death of a parent in this lifetime. Mm-hmm. We will all experience a sudden, shocking, striking moment that changes the course of our lives in a second, right? We might not know at the time that that's what's happening, that meta theme, but that's what the archetypes do is they deploy these energies in your life. And so it's things that we are all going to deploy those energies in your life. Like that's so good. (laughs) That's what it is. But it's something that everyone can connect to, but that we might not always know that we're in. And so Mm -hmm. it's, it's the meta narratives. And when we use it in the tarot, it's the soul's path. It's the soul's journey. It's the larger, the larger scope of energies at play in somebody's life at any given time. So yeah, it's the one thing that we can all count on, but that we don't know or don't want to count on maybe all, all the time. So yeah, so that's what that is. Yeah. It feels very unifying knowing yes. like so many people experience so many of the same archetypes, different flavors and evolutions of them, I guess. But like, I think that yes. was such an excellent way to describe that. Too. It was. I mean, God, <laughs> yeah, that was so well put. Thank you. And, but I want to bookmark what you just said, Ryan, because that's going to be, I do want to talk about what you just said about the collective nature of this, because there's something that I pinpointed this morning that's going to be important and I'm I'm going to talk about it. Um, Love that. Um, Also, I just really got to reiterate such a Gemini. Good God. Like it just makes my brain, it flosses my brain. Like I'm her words. Your way of speaking is just amazing. But also, I was literally just thinking that. But also, if you can't tell, you can always mark a Gemini because they talk with their hands. You talk with your hands just as much as I do. Like, That's and insane. the listeners can't see that, but oh my God, she's so animated I, with her hands. I was talking, I was in a coffee shop one day and I'm like doing yeah. my thing. My ring goes flying, and I was so embarrassed. I was like, "Oh, sister!" Mm-hmm. Like, we gotta. All of a sudden, you hear bloop. It lands in someone's coffee. Giant <laughs> chunk of a turquoise ring flying across the room. I'm like, "Oh my god!" So anyway, yeah. yes, ha- yes, absolutely. Gemini rules the hand. Yes, I always have the habit of knocking over people's drinks. <laughs> that's my that's my problem. Yes. Um, okay, yes. so. Archetypes and the tarot. Yeah. When I think of like combining these two things, I always think of yeah. the fool's journey, which um, I think I would love to hear, I guess, what you think of that. It's such a fundamental part of tarot, but I think people maybe don't understand what that yeah. is. So the hero's journey in the tarot is there's 22 energies of the major arcana. So much like in your birth chart, it is the succession of events and it's the steps that you take in your life, right? So mm-hmm. in astrology, we move from the first house to the second house to the third house, right? And we're building on something that's actually never going to undo itself. Mm-hmm. It has the inevitable end. And then we start over again, right? Mm-hmm. And so that's this energy of the fool's journey. We start with at the zero point, which is the fool. Um and I have this card here. It's the zero point. And this is the potent potential and possibility 
that we step into when we are untethered from the past, from past circumstances, from past traumas. And it also has this element of stupid foolishness of, well, I can do anything. And so I'm going to try everything. And there's just no, there's nothing obstructing the view of the fool. So that's where we begin. And then I'm not going to, of course, go through through all 22 cards, but just as a little bit of a rift here. So we move from the fool energy to this possibility. Well, actually, you're going to need skills and tools, and you're probably going to need some resources. So then we step into the magician energy. So from that, we begin to manifest the life, right? We The skills, the goals. And I mean manifest in a very intentional way. I mean that in a way that we are taking direct and intentional action in our lives to create and to co-create the things that we want. I don't mean something magic is coming and falling in your lap. That's mm -hmm. not what I mean. Mm -hmm. But we're doing our vision boards and... The whatever, action is right? always the missing piece like with manifestation. <laughs> action, yes. So through that, uh, and then of course you need your intuition and you need to hone your spiritual skills. So we step into this high priestess energy, right? And then from there, we need to have some type of self-will or self-empowerment or agency over our lives. That's mm. the emperor card in the deck, which is associated with Aries. And so we move through these cycles of these 22 energies in our lives. And that's the, you know, the spiritual arc of our lives. It's mm -hmm. the spiritual arc. So, you know, I it's had also no idea. I love this. I'm learning oh. so much. I'm like... <laughs> and it's also, you know, it's associated too with Joseph Campbell's, you know, the, the hero's journey as well. There's, there's points in the tarot that, you know, you, you head off into the death and you have to go into the forest and you have to slay the dragon and you kiss the princess and you come to terms mm. with your shadow. It's all of that stuff. So that's, that's a, uh, an under, an underarching theme there as well, but it, it has the same intention. Um, it allows us to locate ourselves on the mythic map. Mm -hmm. um, so that's the that's the fool's journey in the major arcana. I love okay. it. Okay. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, and I like it because I guess like major arcana cards showing up in a reading then would kind of show you where's the soul at on the journey, right? Exactly. How exactly. do you then put the minor arcana cards into perspective? Are those viewed as archetypes? So... The minor arcanas, and this is where we can get a little bit deeper into the psychology of things. The minor arcanas represent the local life. So these are mm. your interactions. Mm. These, This is your own personal anxieties that yeah. potentially is born of a collective anxiety, right? So we mm. have the overarching theme and then we have the local experience of that energy. And so that's the minor arcanas are the details the um the major arcana is the is the map that we're following right and the map is not always the terrain and so we have the map but for each person those minor arcana cards obviously are going to be different from reading to reading but there's going to be strong indicators there of personal obstacles of personal psychology situations mm -hmm. things that need to be overcome of a personal spiritual crisis and so it speaks to the personal so that's the difference cool my goodness. Okay. You are literally, so, I mean, I'm literally so, like, I'm learning so much. I'm, no, in, yeah. I'm in class. <laughs> yeah. You're putting things in much like in Deeper very different terms than what I've yeah. heard. Yeah. 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 So I'm, like I'm really it's a total flip it. on perspective from where, what I had normally approached Tarot with yeah. to now this, which this just, I mean, really resonates.
Oh yeah. yeah. And head, heads up, Amy. Sorry, I should have told you this before we hit record. Megan pronounces it Tarot. <laughs> <laughs> we already had an episode about this. No, I'm joking. I, know. I love yeah. it. Um, um, okay. We, okay. Well, I almost got to back up here. How did you get into this and become so knowledgeable? Why did you get into this? What about yeah. it? Why, why, well, you know how she became so knowledgeable. She's a Gemini. She became oh, yeah, obsessed. Yeah, and then she just Rhetorical went question. hard in the paint. But I mean, just like you. Hello. Exactly. So, um, so, you know, we're going to throw this one back to childhood. Um, mm. And I grew up in a suburb of Portland, Oregon. And so, um, I, I remember from a very young age, like reading the Oregonian and it was always Ann Landers and then horoscopes, right? So it was advice column and horoscopes adjacent. And I was like, okay, this is a whole vibe. Right. And so I, uh, so that kind of ignited this connectivity that I always knew that I had like with the stars, right? Because as a child, I was a stargazer grew up in a lot of trauma, grew up in a lot of abuse, grew up in a lot of dark stuff, right? Mm-hmm. And so uh, I would always stand on the heater in my bedroom and I'm looking out at the stars, right? And so there was this moment of connectivity for me. Well, imagine my surprise when I'm like 15 years old and I'm stumbling through the aisles of Powell's books and I find Lin- Linda Goodman's book of numbers and I look up my birthday, right? And so this ignites this entire journey for me. And and so I would frequent Powell's books and, you know, I, I grew up Catholic. And so this was all very, you know, you couldn't, I wasn't supposed to be doing these things, but um, I would spend hours in that section, mysticism and Powell's books, just devouring anything that I could. And so astrology was my first native language, right? It was my mm. first resource in the world that allowed me to identify myself with something larger. Right. And so, uh, so that was really my first passion. I wouldn't, really run into tarot although i understood it's the mythic imagination of it i wouldn't actually start interacting with the cards until about 2012 and so um so and 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 prior to that i had studied in greece with the joseph campbell foundation my academic my academic um journey was one of mythology and cultural studies and so um wow. so i wow. had this texture of the mythology in general, right? Oh. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just like part of me is like patting myself on the back because I'm like, man, I really do pick the good ones. Like I, I am so picky about who I care to get to know, especially <laughs> through something like TikTok. Uh, and I'm like, you were just proving I, me right, love. Man, oh, way, man. If, way if better there, than if I you even were a thought. cartoon, like. There, and it like the what your like the wow like the what would be behind you as she's. <laughs> And she's speaking. <laughs> well, it's like I already had like the utmost respect, and now I'm like, oh, are you kidding? Like all these other things I had no idea about. Okay, whatever. Sorry. Oh, when she going. said the texture, I was like, oh, he's about to blow. I know she said she said the <laughs> mythic imagination, and I was like, what? <laughs> okay, sorry. Okay, Greece, Joseph Campbell yes. Foundation. <laughs> okay, so we do that, okay. right? So we're 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 on this path, um, and then. What's interesting is I got, you know, I, that was, I got a life coaching certification and it started kind of messing around with tarot, but at the time, and quite unfortunately, um, I also had, um, an alcohol addiction, a pretty significant alcohol addiction. Mm -hmm. And so I stepped into this 
place that I really deeply wanted. And I think like most people who are afraid of the unknown, I self-sabotaged it. And the way that I would self-sabotage things would be to drink. And so I went back, I got pulled back under by my addiction. So from 2012 to 2015, I, um, I, I couldn't find my way out of it until I stopped drinking. And so I, um, and, and this is why the death card is my favorite card in the deck, because, um, I, I woke up one day and I knew it all had to end and it all had to change. And so that's when, um, I packed my bags. I moved to the mountains of Alaska. I was not going to do the AA thing. I was just like, I'm out of here. I've got, I, I, I have to figure this out for myself and I have to know what the truth is. Right. And so, and there's something in me, I have to do it myself. I can't hear everyone else's story. I can't, I don't want Mm-hmm. And God bless AA, but right, I this is not my thing. So I moved to the mountains of Alaska and I I had my tarot deck and I had this very distinct moment. Um, and you know, the Greeks, the Greek would say, um, it's it's the divine knowing, right? It's it's the moment that you know that you know. And I was sitting in my condo in Alaska and I realized that whatever process I was in and the life that I had just left and the ego death that I was undergoing was like, oh, I intimately know every single one of these cards. It was like, and I I don't mean download like a, like the spiritual community uses it like, oh, like whatever that part is. I mean, an existential knowing and a soul activation that I had lived every single position in that deck. I had made money. I had lost money. I had loved. I had lost love. I had been the hermit. It was just like every single one. I'm getting chills just even saying that. And then this addiction piece that kept pulling me under and pulling me under. And that's really when I started um, turning more into the tarot and started really, you know, doing readings. But because my natural inclination also was astrology, it was like, no, like this is all really like we can pull. there's compatibility here with all of these energies, you know? And so, so a lot of my experience about the tarot comes from, you know, um, childhood abuse, uh, my own addiction, my own death process, my own devil moments, my own, you know what I mean? All of this uh, and the temperance also in ways that I had to be really radically compassionate to myself and ways that I had to start a new life, ways I had to stabilize ways that I had just lost everything and moved to the mountains. And like, I am. Yeah. Alaska is not like, that's not like, oh, I need to like get out of town for a little bit. Like you went to a place that is dark, like a large portion of the year. And I mean, like, that's not, that's not like a, that's not Palm beach. (laughs) That's not an Uh, easy climate. Like that's a, I'm going to let me expose myself to the elements in every aspect of, of the word. Yes. But I needed to know the truth of who I was. Mm -hmm. And I knew that if I just got to that, and if I just could do the thing in front of me, that I was going to be okay. Right. And, and then I'm getting, and then the tarot kind of enters into that. And then this knowledge of astrology kind of comes back because you know, that when you're suppressing that, you know, when you're in an addiction, you're suppressing all of that spiritual energy and all of that connection and the connection to the body and you know the things that the somatic experiences that we have spiritually that are so important to the path and mm-hmm. so so that to me that to me was the death and the rebirth and the awakening of the deep self and of of the person that I knew that I needed to be and 
I didn't know how to get there. I didn't know what it looked like, but I knew if I could just put one foot in front of the other and not go back to my addiction, that it, it was going to work out. And so that's, that's really the tarot story. And I know there's a couple other stories woven into that, but that really was this kind of knowing that I had around that. So it, so it's part of its academic and mythological part of it is my own life path. Part of it, you know, it's, it's the culmination of a life that is now lived in, in helping people overcome themselves with the tarot. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I like that you resonated so much, honestly, with the fool's journey anyway. Like, and then that brings you into this like medium that like, is that, I don't know. It's like you found the right thing, but clicking with you at the, at the perfect time, you know? What do you think is the most misunderstood card? I have to think, because every time anyone gets death, like everybody, because you said death's your favorite card. And so it's like anytime everyone, anyone gets it, that they take that literal interpretation and lose their ever-loving mind. Yes. <laughs> and that's that's truly where, so there's two there's two cards that I wrote down um, for just in my contemplations about that. And the death card is definitely one of them. However, I do find when you link it to scorpionic energy, it's much more understandable for people, right? And I also want to point out when I use astrology in my tarot sessions, I like to use evolutionary astrology or some mm. sort of recognizing of the decans or the process, the, the, the evolution of the sign, right? And so when you can explain it in those terms, um, it's much more easier to metabolize than just being like, it's the death card. Oh, Good luck. Like, <laughs> like no this energy is scorpio energy this is you know the snake and coming up the staff or the eagle and you know what i mean there's there's a there's a deeper explanation for that and then you know the the other card too that isn't talked about enough is the hermit card and that was one of the things that i wanted to link to the collective with what with what ryan was saying because i just i feel like this is so important um you know, the hermit energy, it is about isolation and it is about like, going in the cave, assimilating the shadows. It's all of those things. But I think one of the things, one of the misses with that card is that it can be the existential grief of life that puts you into that energy. And I think that's a piece that we need to look at because... Mm. Um, because it is a crisis of alienation that is often preceded by something that is so devastating to somebody that there's actually a loss of language. And it's it's the idea that, um, and, and a story that I have to tether to this is, I uh, was like 2004, I'm, I, I have this dog named Samson and Samson's a bull mastiff and like lit just the love of my life. Um, and uh, my sister comes and takes the dog on a walk and doesn't come back with the dog. The, the, Samson got lost. And so I have never understood such, you know, and I had lost my father. I had lost my grandparents. I mean, I had lost friends it, it, and, but the, but the dog thing, you know, my sister came back and, and she's like, you know, Samson, I, I, I lost, essentially I lost your dog and my knees buckled. And I mean, I was on the floor in, absolute and utter pain and crisis. Right. And so I remember after that, and as, as an example of the hermit card, I remember after that 
I, I couldn't be in the world because nobody could understand. Like I lost my dog, but I, but I lost my, would tell people this, there was no language that could relay to people the suffering that I was going through. Right. And so at the time I was studying with a Hindu yogi and, and, and so I, I went to him and I said, Kalki, um, you know, I've lost my dog and, and I need your help and, and I'll do anything like just bring my dog back. And at the time it makes me emotional saying this because at the time I did feel like he was going to be able to help me. So I said, can you please help me find my dog? You know, and he reluctantly, well, and he sits down and he's looking out the window and he says, yeah, he says, I, I can bring your dog back. Well, what? tell me, tell me it. I'll do anything. Yeah. And he says, if you, he says, I'll bring your dog back to you. If you can go out into the world and find a person who has not lost something that they have loved deeply and bring them back to me. Oh, what a riddle. It's like, oh, here, I found you an infant. Here you go, bud. You know, like, no. that's, I mean, that's the only. <laughs> but yeah. that is the hermit energy of it's the it's that intensely deep personal existential experience that we're all having but that we can't Herbalize. somehow personally assimilate yeah something of course i always looped like the astrology into it and something i'm like i've never really contemplated regarding the hermit card before either is like it's the virgo card right and yeah. virgo is ruled by mercury plan of communication but Mercury also rules Gemini. Very different ways that Mercury or communication works from Virgo to Gemini. In the Gemini sense, it's like, I'm a sponge for information. I'll take anything and it doesn't really matter if it's useful or not. Virgo is like, no, it needs to be useful and it's functional communication. So I think it's really interesting that you say to be at a loss for words means to truly like have a communication dysfunction and that that causes isolation which is just literally true when there's communication breakdown there's isolation like communication is the point of connectivity for everybody so i think it's so interesting that you say an experience that like brings you to a loss of words and that that would be the isolating factor or something that makes you retreat into that hermit mode mm -hmm. so never thought about it like when that you can't articulate the level of pain you're in mm -hmm. you know like it is so when i quit drinking it was like people were like well you know like She's not at like she's not asking for help. She's not. It's like I can't like I I can't I can't tell you what this experience is like. So it is so just soul gut wrenching, yeah. and so yeah. that is such a. I mean, I could listen to you talk for forever. I mean, that's such a beautiful way to yeah to articulate that. But when I was telling people like I but but I lost my dog, and people would be like. Oh, well, oh, you know, we're, we're, so we're really sorry, but what this is, it is an initiation. And I think back to Kalki's story, this is a rite of passage into the universal language of it's a rite of passage into collective language. And that to me also on a, a, a totally different tangent is exactly what we're missing in our culture. But we, there is no, we, we need these rites of passage into, and it's, and, and because we're human, it's going to be through suffering and through pain, but that was an, an initiation into 
into like I keep saying, but a universal language and the, and the collective language and the, and it's like, so it's an acknowledgement of like, yes, I am going through this and nobody can know what this is like, because this is the cross that I'm bearing, but yet everyone knows exactly how I'm feeling. So that disconnect, that's this hermit energy, which leads me also, and Ryan, I'm sure you've heard me say this, you begin to light the path ahead of you with the light of your own wisdom. There's an autonomy in this when you are, you know what I mean? When you can be in both of these worlds in, in your own experience, but also the collective experience. And so, so it's, it's autonomous and it is, so it's more than just like assimilating the shadow or it's, it's a very specific point and process in, in our psychology and our psyche and our spiritual psychology too. Um, so many people avoid, or, you know, there's, they avoid pain, you know, they avoid suffering. They, they want, they do everything in their power to not feel that. And in turn, they make a life much more difficult for themselves. Mm -hmm. And I, I forget what book I was just reading, but it was like, pick your pain. Like what pain are you willing to suffer for? Mm -hmm. Because the beautiful thing about suffering is it always leaves a gift. So it's a, it always leaves a gift, you know, like I've never come yes. out of a bad time. Yes. And not had just whiz. I mean, do I want to go through it again? No, God, no. But like, do I have such respect for that process? Mm -hmm. Yes. And when when it comes, you know, like I might not be actively looking for it, but when it comes and when the time is here and you have to, you know, you have to walk through the fire, walk through the fire because the mm -hmm. fire is not, it will chase you and it will haunt you. It will torture you. And it's a lot worse to avoid it than to walk through and do what you know what you need to do. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. So cool. And when you don't, you turn the fire in on yourself. Oh, yeah. When you don't, you will burn up your own. You I will think burn that's the, the gift that addicts share mm -hmm. is like, once you know, mm -hmm. it's like, once you, yep. once you're on the other side of it, yep. it's like, you know, come yep. on in, the water's fine. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Yes. Yes. but you hear you hear all these people talk yeah. about their experience with sobriety and it's like yeah yeah i just remember being like how am i gonna be happy how like yeah. how like what yeah. are you talking about y'all are liars and now i'm like come on in water's fine yeah. you know like just quit drinking yes yeah. <laughs> you should be teaching yes I really just need to say that. I mean, it's it's uh, every Gemini kind of has to learn that because it's the perpetual student of life. But then there's that journey of a Gemini over time to be like, when does student become teacher? When does the information I have become knowledge that can be shared? And I, you, because you're, unless I'm mistaken, are you doing classes or teaching people how to read tarot? I feel like you should do this. You're so freaking made for it. Oh my it's God. such a I brand. Mean, it's how you incorporate everything. I mean, like we are well versed, and both of our heads are popping off. Yeah, <laughs> truly, no, truly. Like I have tarot offerings, <laughs> I, but you're making me think about it in a different way. It's just like a really beautiful thing. Yeah, um, it's really, um, really cool. I, you know, honestly, I would like to, and I would like to have a connection to help me build something out like that. But I just, I haven't had, I haven't had the opportunity. I did teach a master class in like 2020, but it was just whatever like sign up on instagram type of vibes but yeah but yeah but thank you for uh, saying that because it's yeah. yeah it's my life's you, work really I mean, well, you even, can tell i mean you're passionate yeah. and you're like i said well for you can tell who's well that's why we started this podcast who's a charlatan and who's not who's full of shit who 
who read something or like saw a few TikToks and was like, yeah, I'm going to do this. And then and then people who have dedicated, uh, you know, because all of us have dedicated our life. This is our life's work. Well, and that's the thing. It's like either you're a tarot reader creating content or you're a content creator using tarot for attention and followers and a bigger platform, you know? So there's Mm -hmm. a little bit of a delineation there with that. But yeah. Yeah. So anyway. I'm going to throw a... um, I want to throw an archetype your way and just get your general thoughts on it. Like what what comes to mind when I say this, the name of this archetype, the unhealed empath. Ooh. We have a reason for saying this, but (laughs) an unhealed empath is a codependent. Whoa. Oh my God. You guys. Okay. Let me stop you right there because we're going to go to a commercial break. Wait until you hear this commercial. (laughs) That was literally, I couldn't have scripted that better. Like that was actually freaking perfect. Okay. Commercial. We'll be right back. 2024 is a year of no codependence, <laughs> no narcissism. The year of healthy relationships. You remember our good friend Ryan Hagen? Sure do, sure do. He's a phenomenal human being. Ryan has developed the Hagen Method, a 12-week online program that has audio and video lessons. It's aimed at working with the unhealed empath who are growth-oriented but feeling stuck in their relationship journey. It's self-paced, which is amazing because it's a busy freaking world out there. It's like Legit. He had it peer reviewed by uh, a neuroscientist by the name of Dr. Christine Erickson. Both spiritual and scientifically backed in nature. I like something a little more hard hitting. Do you know what I mean? So whether you're single or in a relationship currently, this is an opportunity for you to do some inner work, some inner healing. If you're interested in the Hagen Method, book your free one-on-one consultation with Ryan. See if this program's a fit for you. And the best part is that he is giving all of our listeners a 50% discount. Oh yeah, that's the Clarinoyance perk. You heard it here first, the Hagen Method. Check out the show notes and use the code Clarinoyance. Active until the end of February. What's the best that could happen? Yeah, that was perfect. That was the best segue. Brian's gonna be so happy. <laughs> I'll say this too, because Pixie Lighthorse um, wrote this book boundaries and protection and she has an entire thing on empath and she says and i have never resonated with anything more how somebody else is feeling is none of your business and it is not your business to walk around feeling how other people are feeling and use that as a way to victimize yourself and that's Mm. exactly how and, and actually that last part i added like i do have to say that but that's what I find like, oh, what you're feeling so many other people's emotions today. Well, who's okay. Well, where's your boundary? Like that is such a red flag for me. That is such a red flag for me. You yes. are empathic. You are not an empath. Okay. Like the people just yeah. love to, you know, you are, mm-hmm. an, a, a, you are a human being who feels other, you know, who has empathy for other people's emotions. But if you were truly feeling every single person's emotions, you wouldn't be able to leave the house. Mm-hmm. So it's such a, pick me it's such a projection it's none of it's it's not your business to assess how somebody else is feeling and claim it as your own like it's actually a little bit of a psycho narcissistic it yeah. is just crazy to me <laughs> yeah and so the pixie light horse i would recommend that book to anybody who want because i mean she I just wrote it says in the first chapter she's just like it's actually not your business and 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 I added the part about making yourself a victim of that because that's what i see in the spiritual communities is that somehow this is you know the cross that you bear it's like 
get get out of here. Fifth, fifth boundary. Like, <laughs> stop it. Stop it. Stop it. That's excellent. We will put that in the show notes too. And people reference yeah, resources. For sure. to she's, in, she's beyond. Pixie Lighthorse is beyond. Um, I love it. Yeah. Okay. Um, so I know you like had a really great breakdown of the hermit. Um, yeah. I'm curious if that, cause one of my questions was basically going to be like, what, you know, tarot card do you think encapsulates where humanity's at right now? Um, or, um, yeah. I know I have like andors in this, yeah. so I'm like, or if you could create one yeah. to encapsulate it, if you think there needs to be a new one. <laughs> um, so I kind of broke this down a little bit into self-awareness and consciousness that people bring to what's happening in the world right now. So I think on one hand, of course, the world card is the final um, the final card of the major arcana. And so my perspective on that is we are looking back over all of the systems of each of the operations of the of the major arcana in this kind of final look back before we close out this cycle, right? And so to me, I think if you're bringing any level of consciousness to your life or employing some self-awareness and things of that nature through your own path about what's happening, I think the world card is a nice response to what's happening now. However, I do also feel like the tower energy is also makes sense here for people who might not understand the systematic collapse the thing you know what i mean the things that are like for some people it's going to be sudden and it's going to be shocking and it's going to be you know what i mean it's going to be a tower moment for a lot of people um but for other people it's going to be this kind of graceful pivot into what they know to be most true which this pluto and aquarius energy kind of lends to this individual nature mm -hmm. of things and so i think it's i think 20 and this is just i don't uh uh, don't don't mark my words on this, but I think that 2024 is this nice foot in two worlds type of energy where we're looking back and we're seeing what's useful, what we've learned, what we want to bring forward with us. And then maybe 2025 is when we really pivot into the beginning of this fool energy again, which I do also want to say this, the fool card. So we're closing out this cycle with a world card. And then the fool card comes in as this new initiation process that is ruled by Uranus, which is the tower card. So there's also interplay on that type of Uranian energy of things coming in quickly, new beginnings, sudden endings, boom, boom, boom. But that's really, you know, and then also I do have to say, uh, I do want to say a little bit of, you know, collectively that hermit metaphor that I was talking about earlier really is what we're not allowing the archetypes to complete themselves as they move through us, if that makes sense. You know what I mean? We're not, we're, I, I feel a lot of, like a lot of people are not in full cycle. You know, you're going to the darkness retreat for content. You're yeah. not going to the darkness retreat to have to this archetype fully live yeah. through you. And it's like, it's almost, it takes too long or it's too, you know what I mean? So I think, I think there's also um, a need to maybe pivot also back into some of that energy, that more, more connected energy to the human experience. Mm -hmm. so yeah. is that does that answer the question probably i probably just went on a little ted talk <laughs> yeah. no i think that was yeah that was that was really interesting and i like what you said too um about kind of like how we're 
integrating archetypes there a bit because I mean like a cool thing I think of with archetypes is just how like kind of expansive and infinite mm -hmm. they are in their manifestations which is like a conundrum because it's like how can one archetype show up in any number of ways like how can numerous things all be infinite yeah. and they all just be the same thing or whatever but it's it, it's true there's like these like pure essences of an archetype but like yes. we can be reflecting various facets of that archetype at different yes. points in our life and learning different things like you you and I could be going through a hermit phase at the same time but we're yeah. expressing it so differently or experiencing yes. it so differently right just life is different for everybody we're all unique individuals yes absolutely archetypes are so interesting so you integrate a lot of in astrology into tarot I mean obviously as and I complimented yeah. that um but what how do you integrate actual astrology into like the the meanings of the cards? Like I always yeah. get a little befuddled with this, I guess, because yeah. I like an example is like super common, right? Is like the moon can is the ruler of cancer, but the moon card in the tarot is the Pisces card, you know? Yes. But then the death card in Scorpio makes sense. So I don't yes. really it's yeah. confusing. And I think it can really screw a lot of readers up, especially if they're yes. like not really sure of what they're talking about. <laughs> mm -hmm. So that to me, the um, and actually it's funny that you said that because I, I am coming out with an ebook about how I do this, about Love. my own, like the, my own definition, and then how I incorporate the planet and then the sign. And so um people can go to my website to to get on my email list for for that launch. But um so I think the best example that I have for this, for this question about like how I would incorporate a sign and a car and, a, and the archetype is the devil card, right? So this, the devil card is the card of Capricorn. And so when I'm doing a reading for a client and this, this comes up, right, this card denotes addictions it is the inability to get out of your own suffering. It is like this double energy, the darker aspects of life, but really and truly toxic patterns, toxic relationships, passive aggressive, narcissism, alcoholism, drug addiction. It's all of these darker themes, right? This card also is informed by Nietzsche when he said, when the devil overcomes himself, he becomes God, right? Mm. Well, when we connect that to Capricorn energy, who is the master, who scales the mountain, what, when this card comes up in a reading, I, I ask the client, well, are we in the valley and struggling with all of the suffering and the addiction and all of that? Or are we beginning an ascension process here to scale our mountain as a Capricorn would do? Mm -hmm. And so those are the associations that I would make. Um, and like I said, in an evolutionary way, because either you're in a process of addiction either and or you're leaving everything in the valley that you need to leave behind you're scaling your mountain you're, you're going to alaska you're, you're going, going to, to alaska <laughs> baby scale your mountain. <laughs> scale your mountain. so that's that's how i draw on that energy and then of course ruled by saturn what's the medicine well the medicine is going to be self-discipline saturn energy dealing within the boundaries dealing with the restrictions dealing with the impulses of, oh shit, I want to drink, but actually I'm scaling my mountain. I left that in the valley, right? So that's kind of the scope of how I use astrology. And I do have to say it might not be the most direct approach, 
of like, this is Capricorn energy and this is how this works because there's room in there for it to be. I like to use a client-centered approach. So I'm not going to tell the client, you have a problem with alcohol. I'm going right. to say like, where are we in the landscape of the devil card? Where are we? Mm -hmm. So there's also a dynamic process with the client happening. I'm... This is the best form of because I've asked many tarot readers this question because like I am not someone who will actually pay attention to the astrological associations with tarot. I just don't read I didn't that even way. Know that there were astrological. I mean, oh yeah, I, they get like know, in depth, like planets and all. Yeah, I've I got go crazy. a ton of cards that I pick. You know, like I'm like, oh, what do I need to learn today? Oracle cards and a few, but but net. I mean, so yeah, I had yeah. no clue that this I, was even such a central theme. But, yeah. I like it because of how you're explaining it. And I'm sorry if I'm misinterpreting it, but I'm, I'm making it fit for me at least and how I'm like, oh, I could see myself doing it this way now. Um, where like addiction is a Pisces thing. It's not a Capricorn thing, right? So that's me looking too narrow-minded at Zodiac or astrological energies there. I feel like you're taking tarot. This is the card and the journey or the archetype, right? And you're saying, okay, well, it's, Let's take this correlation devil has to Capricorn and it's reflecting or pulling in a kind of specific side of Capricorn because Capricorn doesn't rule addictions. You know what I mean? Like, so I, I so right. like in my head going into this question and literally until this conversation, yeah. I'm like, but that doesn't match that. That's not the same as this. That card doesn't match that sign exactly. It doesn't have to. It doesn't have to. You're like, you're finding yes. the appropriate like poetic ways of showing how Capricorn energy fuses with that card. Right. right? It's really interesting. But also I have the, not the done mastery aspect and the power aspect of Capricorn, I sometimes mm -hmm. feel, and it's, it's, and I know it's not maybe in rulership over addiction, but I think the will to power over something can also be, this is maybe a stretch, but also the will to powerlessness over things also. Like mm -hmm. I've known Capricorns that are incredibly willing to destroy their entire mm -hmm. lives. Very, you know what I mean? And so although it doesn't rule it, there's characteristics or there's an interplay on power and powerlessness mm -hmm. and who can have, you know, and, and the, the expansion of mastery. And then also there's, and also the, this, the energy here of, just the really raw information and addiction, right? And so, uh -huh. I was uh, I, my dad was a Capricorn, and I'm a Capricorn rising. So, like how she speaks about it makes perfect sense. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like it's just interesting because it's not the way. I mean, I would explain Capricorn in ways you're explaining it. It just I wouldn't have correlated them the way that you're explaining. It. I, I, it's making sense in my head. I'm not explaining this well. Well, something that you did make me think, though, like what clicked with me in a lot of what you said is um, the idea of like, you know, going from the valley to the mountaintop, climbing up the mountain. And a big thing I always talk about with Capricorn energy is like there's no shortcut to the top of a mountain. Right. So like right. putting it in the context of an addiction, it's okay. saying like, don't expect some like speedy loophole to get yourself out of this. Like you're going to have mm -hmm. to go slow and steady up that mountain. There's no shortcut there. Yeah. So I think it's in from in my mind, I'm like, I'm taking more of like a Capricorn approach. Yeah. Whereas like, I think before I was almost like over inflating their correlation, to be honest, where I'm like mm -hmm. trying too hard to make every mm -hmm. little thing about the card fit the sign. 
and they don't match. Like it's just it wasn't created that way. The zodiac existed yeah. long before the tarot did, you know. So it's like I think it somebody correlated them at a certain point. Yes. I don't know who or how, but like I'm seeing it differently now, just because yeah. of the way you explained it. So I'm real and glad I'm I asked to you. Script some of that stuff, like in my in my ebook. Please do. Like, I don't. I don't mm -hmm. correlate the moon card with cancer. The moon card is Pisces because the card by definition in and of itself is Neptune energy. It right. is the shadowy aspects. It's what's behind the veil. It doesn't have to do with cancer. Although, and so there are a couple cards in the deck, which you can read about in my ebook that have these really weird deviations. But I also like to suggest a path forward or a path out of that energy and, and out of that conundrum that that you know that people that people get in when they're trying to keep it too much too much rigidity around it so yeah yeah no i think that's perfect like i just yeah. never like i love the moon card i love cancer i was just always like why is the... it just well and you have made... a cancer moon so you know like that yeah. over identifying you know reach and it's funny i'm a pisces so i'm a pisces sense so like all of these <laughs> yeah well and you know I, i'm like i can see all of this yep 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 but yeah, I think with you, if you zoom out a little bit, Ryan, because you're so, you know, like as brilliant, yeah. as, you know, as you are, if you can zoom out a little bit and, and you know, buy her ebook and take her course, <laughs> I think this could be, um, you know, you would have a unique spin as well on it. Yeah, it's, I feel like it's like almost like you're putting an astrological lens onto a card um, when yeah. or if needed more than being like, yeah. oh, it is this sign or it is yes. this planet it's not apples to apples in that way because also when we're dealing with the tarot we're dealing with yes we have the major arcana but we're dealing with a specific storyline that the client is going through and so it's also how the planet what you know what i mean there's also variation in that too because if you're riding the wave of the storyline there's going to be variations in that and i'm not you know it's it's Sometimes it's appropriate that it's just Leo mm -hmm. energy, but then other times it's appropriate that it's Gemini and Leo in this kind of combination of energies. And yeah. so there's it 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 also depends on the spread. I will say that too. So oh yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. yeah, you've you've like totally um altered my perspective on oh, this for this. sure. No, truly, yeah, because it's like I even think you know if the if just going major arcana fool's journey it's like a developmental process where are you at in that journey mm -hmm. um and there's plenty to glean from just like a card there but uh i always refer to signs as needs and strategies so i'd be taking like the need and strategy mm -hmm. of the sign that correlates to that card mm -hmm. to help you figure out how you're moving through this person yes. part of the journey right make gemini connecting dots man yeah got it love it love it love and it love it when you have when you're also creating a relationship between the cards and the client's birth chart. That's a whole new revolution where we don't need to talk about it today, but mm. that's also, that's also because that's how I started doing this because I would do readings and I would be like, this feels Plutonian. And then I'm looking at their chart and I'm like, Oh, like, wow. Like this, you know what I, so, so there's, there's a nice collaboration ship, as I like to say, between the tarot and astrology that can really um, just give your client so many lenses to view things through and so much perspective and connectivity that it's uh you know that just more ways to connect is always better so anyway 100 personalized which i think people you know this is a, a personalization which i think can explain so much about someone mm -hmm. or like yeah. i mean like one of my i have a tarot astrology combo reading but it's funny because yeah. i never 
did it in this like normal way, I guess. Um, where yeah. if it was just a tarot reading, I would not be integrating astrology by far and right. large. Sometimes it'll right. make sense or something, but I love bouncing off it. Cause I'll always start with tarot, get like an overall energy because yes. it guides me to something different in the birth chart than my astrological brain would look at. But then I go back and forth with like different decks and their yes. birth chart. And then that's when I'm like, Oh, you know, the lover's card shut up. That's Gemini. Jupiter's moving into mm -hmm. Gemini. That's when like, it's like, that's how I usually will integrate them. It's mm -hmm. a little different, but I'm, mm -hmm. you've definitely like made me a more holistic reader with like some of this explanation. Okay. That. Speaking of like holistic <laughs> approaches okay, and your multidisciplinary Gemini nature, um, how does hypnotherapy and your background in that fit into all of this? <laughs> yeah. This was actually another trial and error kind of thing, to be honest with you. Um, but it, it starts, it, it revolves around, of course, it's a minor arcana because those are more, you know, we're more prone to seeing psychological conditions manifest in the minor arcana. But um, what's funny, I, the eight of swords energy is, um, it's the girl and she's tied up, she's loosely bound, and she's got the blindfold on and there's the eight of swords behind her. And so, you know, one of my um, specialties in hypnotherapy is, you know, inner child work and traumas of origin and all of that stuff. So this card came on my radar, of, you know, around the same time that I was noticing within my hypnotherapy clients that it was always this inception of victimization of some sort um, between the ages of like 10 and 13 that would happen to people. And it was this very distinct moment that they decided that they needed to be safe more than they needed to be themselves, that there was some type of threat in the environment. And so, so, so they would, you know, hunker down, they're loosely bound, they have their blindfold on, they're staying in denial about something. It's like, stay small to stay safe, whatever. So that was actually one of the first cards I started incorporating in my readings. And, you know, over a couple of years, like, and I never assign meaning to clients. I let the clients say, and I will say this a million times in a reading. If this is, does not land, we do not pick up heavy things in this reading and carry them out the door. We do not do that. Mm -hmm. This is, you know, what this card means. And so I let me explain this to you. And it was just. So don't identify. Like, yeah. So you're not. Uh, yeah. Don't identify with this. Take this out the door and then implement this as part of your personality and then enact no. another new stage of trauma. That's right. Very... Exactly. Yes. <laughs> yes. Which is also where being trauma informed is useful and helpful. Right. But Absolutely. It, yeah. it was through <laughs> that card that I was like, whoa, like there's a lot of and well, because it is the subconscious material of life. Right. But so that was one of the distinctions that I made, you know, early on um, in my in my professional practice and integrating these two worlds together. Now, I don't do I'll incorporate hypno insights from my hypnotherapy practice into my tarot readings. But I like to keep I don't do tarot readings for hypnotherapy clients because I'm not mm. suggesting anything here mm. and I'm not planting any seeds and I'm not right. So I keep those two dynamics separate. But, you know, when that five of cups comes up and the five of cups is another very, very deep psychological card because it's the uh, the cups that are spilled and the person wearing that heavy cloak, right? So as the more I'm doing coaching and hypnotherapy and trauma, so it's like, oh, this is just the shame that somebody gave you and said, here, you know, put this on. 
and you don't even know you're wearing it half the time. And you're literally wearing a psychological hair shirt. And you know what I mean? And it's the shame and the regret and the remorse and all of the really heavy things in life, right? Um, it's grief. And, and so, you know, the definitions of the cards can suggest these things in a more, more generalized way. But when I'm stepping into conversation with, with a coaching client and that comes up, I mean, it's definitely, there's, you know, is there shame involved? Is there regret involved? Is there, you know, this emotional loss and the way that you you cannot forgive yourself, right? That you're carrying. So, so there's definite connections to specific cards that I have been, um, that I've integrated psychologically into my work. Um, and it, it, it really is something that, you know, if trauma is the rock in your shoe that you've adapted everything else in your life to be around, like looking at these deeper aspects through the minor arcana can really just uproot some of that for people. And sometimes people just want you to name it. They want oh, you to name yeah. it. They want yes. language to it to be, you know what I mean? And so that's how hypnotherapy plays into this is it's the psychological language. It's also through a lot of client sessions. It's also through a lot of, you know, experience and, you know, and my own experience and my life. Um, and so that's how the hypnotherapy is woven into it. But it gives me really poignant psychological suggestions maybe to work with clients on that deeper level with. So, um, so yeah, that's. You're giving me really interesting interpretations for these cards. I loved what you were saying about the eight of swords too. Like that one, never heard it discussed in this context. I'm like triggered. Really I got to stay small to stay safe. Yeah. Somebody like this, told, I've you never know, heard this interpretation, but it makes complete think sense. Think of a Leo. Stepping out in their moment, mom, look what I can do. And the mom turns the other way and says, don't mm -hmm. do that. You're embarrassing me. Boom. I'm the eight mm -hmm. of swords now. And I got to um, stay here. Yeah. You know what I'm, so when we, so weaving all of those things together, like, like in, in that way, like think of the dynamic, this isn't just the eight of swords we're talking about anymore. This is the psychological component. This is the astrological component. And this is also what's at stake for that person for staying in that eight of swords position. And the way out is through their birth chart. The way out is through the reading, the way out, you know what I mean? There's many paths that we can get out of that. But I think to really, um, to really identify the psychological, it's just so useful for people. It's employing language that, that people don't it, have access 100 percent. Like, honestly, like we were saying before, like language is important. It's connectivity, like without that language and even just, what you said about some people just want you to name it because it makes you feel seen if you just name it and then that person doesn't mm -hmm. feel so alone in what they're dealing with that stuff matters so much this is why like I'm, mm -hmm. therapy works for you great like traditional talk therapy great but it doesn't work for me because the therapist doesn't name it or it doesn't they don't tell me anything they want me to tell myself things and then I'm just talking to myself I feel isolated yes. with a therapist yes. a traditional mm -hmm. talk therapist so yes. it works for other people but for me no like this is why I like this sort well, of stuff well it works for the people who don't know how to communicate and who have you know like you are a skilled communicator so there is a, a deeper level that you require, whereas mm -hmm. you have someone who doesn't have language skills, can't doesn't know their emotions. That's why it's so helpful yeah. to that yeah, to yeah. that group compared to you. Yeah. And I am looking forward to this also, this this Pluto and Aquarius energy. And I and uh, because 
I'm getting a real influx of people who are like, I really kind of don't want to talk to my therapist anymore. Like this is oh, what's God, working me for me. Yeah. Like yeah. this is what's working for me is the, are these conversations because I'm tired. Like, I don't want to tell my story again. Like, and so that's the other interesting thing that I'm seeing just in my clientele are people that are just like, I'm over that. And like, this is so much more interesting and dynamic. And, you, you know, you're giving me all these lenses to look through and not well, just and people want results, you know, and that's the it, thing too. Yeah. Is they want results. And so it doesn't matter. I mean, yes. it matters how you get that you want to always be with a reputable ethical healer or practitioner. Absolutely. But like, if you've been in therapy for 20 years, and we're stealing, we're still dealing with the same issues, which is why EDMR has gotten popular and things of that nature, because we're getting to the roots of things. But at the same time, too, you know, therapists are in a business. So yes. Yes. It, there are people who want to keep you sick. There are people yes. who want to keep right. you stuck in your story because that's going to yes. and then it make you dependent on them. And then, yes. you know, then you're a you, this is just how you are. You're you know, you're you're sick for life. And no. Yes. Yep. Uh, th these are some controversial hot takes, you guys. So, like, um, seriously, no, and I love, I love. I said it, what I said. No, for sure. And <laughs> I mean, like, going with the Pluto and Aquarius thing, it makes me think of like how, in my mind, Pluto and Capricorn would reflect more of like the fact that like talk therapy has risen to the top in the last one hundred years as the yeah. only, the best way. The tried and true version of understanding the self when really there's all these other more democratized ways or open source mm -hmm. ways, like the diversity mm -hmm. of ways. Pluto and Aquarius is going to open you up to that. Aquarius rules astrology. It has so much to do with that integration of spirituality and science, you know. Um, and but we're not as rigid as Capricorn in that yeah. we don't have an oversight committee, which comes with its problems, as we talk about all the yeah. time. Not having an yeah. oversight committee can have problems, but it also gives us yeah. a lot more freedom and flexibility to provide in ways yeah. that are more expansive for people right. who need it. Right. Well, even our like our sobriety journey is very similar because I, I went to AA one time and I was like, it ain't for me, baby. You know, like this is not, you know, I, I and for those who need that, but I know myself, I'm very self-aware. I know how I got here. I knew the denial path and I knew that I had to sit with myself and just sort it out. And so yes. I I never, th I think it's really dependent. The help you are, you're, you're receiving is dependent on where you're at in your spiritual yes. journey, which I have yes. never made because ther therapy is great for some people. AA is wonderful for some people. Right. But what happens when that's not enough or or yes. when you've tapped out and that yes. you've given language, you've given the gift of language um, with a topic that has circulated pretty frequently on our podcast. So thank you for that. Yeah. And also... And also Joseph Campbell's saying, like, if, 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 if there's a path laid out, it's not your path. And I think too, there was some of that in, yes. I and mean, there's some of that in sobriety. There's some of that in religion. There's some of that, mm -hmm. you know, and I think, I think we're awakening to that now too. It's like, we don't have to be so reliant on the systems, but I mean, I had a very similar experience with AA too. And it was like, it was, I am powerless was, against was, this. I'm like, no, I am powerful against this. I made yeah. a decision yes. not to do cocaine yes. and not to drink. So like, yes. that means that I am powerful. I am not yes. like, so, and I am in such a power for the subconscious. That is yes. how you program. So yes. saying every day I am powerless against this drug. No, or, no fucking way, buds. I'm no. not doing that.
<laughs> addiction is a response to trauma. You're not an alcoholic. You're not like you don't need to wear that hair shirt. Also, it's a response to trauma. It's not, you know, and it's a way that you can stay in trauma. Because if that's what your nervous system knows, yes. that's where you're comfortable. And so exactly. there was a lot of that stuff I rejected early on. And I, I, I'm glad I, I, I'm glad I did it that way. Cause I, you know, I, I found my own way as you did too. And I mean, I think that's what Joseph Campbell was talking about. Like mm -hmm. in that, in the spirit of that, if it's, if it's laid out for you, if there's a system, it's not for you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, if that, yeah. I think I use that quote a lot. I, I forget what it's called. It might have even been somebody else who said a version of it, but it's like, um, uh, if the path before you is clear, you're on the wrong path. Mm -hmm. Something like that. I was basically saying the same yeah. thing, but I love yeah. saying that quote when it makes sense yeah. to clients. Yeah. You're also dropping yeah. hot. Like, I mean, Joseph Campbell is like literally the, one of my most quoted people, period. I'm just obsessed. Um, you're like just making me How so happy that? to know you, Amy. <laughs> before, <laughs> before we do some like final thoughts we need okay. to know we need to know in the spirit yeah. of clear annoyance mm -hmm. what Ugh. what are you annoyed at in spirituality in this community in tarot in anything you do what or misperceptions that you're sick of <laughs> mm -hmm. this is going to be like not popular but like the whole channeling spirit guide things within this community <laughs> like yeah. you're, the, you're popular here take, <laughs> you're popular yeah. take, you're it's it's this really slippery slope of like people not wanting to be accountable for their work and not be accountable for what they're saying right there's something really weird about that and also you're not channeling my spirit guides because they don't actually want to talk to you you know what i'm mm -hmm. saying like the this entitled nature around and 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 all of a sudden 2020 everyone's channeling everyone's spirit guides and it's just it's such a bizarre kind of Hop out to me, like own your divine power and own your resources and own your work. If you, also. If, yeah, stand on business, as the youth say. If you are going, if you're channeling everyone, then then stand by it, bud. You know, but to cop out and then be like, oh, if this doesn't resonate, you're gonna right. screw up in this space. That's just how, just like in life. I mean, you're not immune from screwing up or dropping the ball. But right. what it's owning that and being like, okay, but. Right. But it's just people, once again, the ease of access to information, whereas yeah. we had to find spirituality had to find us. And now because of TikTok and because of all these platforms, you have information just thrown at you. And so and in this need that everyone's got to be special and different, that then it's like, yes, this is this is for me. I'm special and different. Yes, you are beautiful and unique and different, just like everybody else. And just like everyone else isn't also. Mm -hmm. And you are basic and you are nothing and you are amazing and you are magical. And we, uh, this pick me culture. Yeah. It, but the thing is, is that everyone who's gotten on board with this, you're now not special. So. <laughs> but that's, like, yeah. And I, and that's really the interesting thing. And in my, in my, in my practice and in my business, like I, it's great the people that are in true mediumship, which are very few people that are in true mediumship, right? Agree. That's great. We're going to talk to grandma, but I bet that you really want to know how to live life and to experience joy and experience flow states and to stay in your body and to regulate your nervous system. I bet that might behoove you more than whatever connecting with having, you know, Glenda on TikTok connect with your spirit guides. Like people need tools on how to live more mm -hmm. than they need all of this other 
like spiritual psychosis woo woo stuff and exactly and like the 3d and the 5d and it's like babe you are here just like the rest of and it's all just everyone is a mimic everyone is just mimicking everybody mm-hmm. and you it's just is it's all the same thing it's all the same thing and people think they're doing it differently and i mean you, you know i i'm sure tomorrow i could start a tiktok channel a twin flame tiktok channel and have a million followers and be selling courses and doing all of that but as joseph campbell said You've got to lean towards the light. You got to lean into the light. You've got to follow your own path. You've got to bring something to the table that's, you know what I mean? That's useful. It's authentically and you. And, yes. Yeah. Yes. Authenticity. That's stuff. what leaves yeah. the body most powerfully. I mean, I forget what study was done, but you would think it'd be love, joy. No, when you are not authentic, that is the most powerful vibration to leave the body. Mm-hmm. And you people can sense it. You know, we were just yep. talking off ca- or off camera about some people that uh that we know and it's just like you're you might be fooling everybody else but you're this is gross oh, you're a fraud 100%. And, it's, 100%. I, and i feel bad for a lot of these people who this is their introduction to this world and by this i really mean new age spirituality a lot of what this is even this idea of channeling my spirit guides like is such a new age spirituality concept it like is wild. angel numbers are something that some random i mean i believe in numerology that is ancient but like looking up the number 1734 like because you see it all the time and like some person made a website and randomly assigned something to that number i don't know this new age spirituality has so many like templates that feel like holograms of real spirituality. Yes. And and if like, yes. Yeah. And spiritual psychosis is a real thing. And people, if this is your introduction to it and these are the only templates you're working with, then you're integrating the self into something that kind of just doesn't exist to be honest. And it's, and you're going to convince yourself that like you're doing these things. It's wild. It's really, really, really unhinged. I mean, this is literally why we are doing this podcast. I'm like, that that was like a perfect, perfect annoyance Mm. to bring up. Are you kidding? And I think I said to you, Ryan, like, I don't know what is lacking. But when I think of like manifestation culture, I think of this big black vacuum vortex that all of these people are just feeding all of this energy into when it just, it, 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 to me, there's just something, it is the underbelly of something and people selling you how people selling you something about how you can manifest something is capitalism. It's not manifestation. And to me, that energy around all of that re- psychosis is the, it's the underbelly of something. And there's a lot of information as to where we are culturally, where people, number one, have to be so self-serving we're not trying to manifest a better world. We're trying to manifest a million dollar course or some shit. Mm-hmm. Like it's just garbage. Mm-hmm. And I just like, I, if you would just live your life and stay in your life and do the next right thing in your life, lean towards the light and, and, and let your life would be really good. I I, I also think the manifestation culture is so limiting. It is so limiting. Mm-hmm. Like you're so focused on something and getting that something that you're well, and then by being so hyper-focused on it, you're in the lack. So then you're not going to, it it will not materialize. So you have to first and foremost, love yourself. I mean, wholeheartedly be of service to others. 
Yes. And then when when these two things aren't congruent, you can really start to tap into yes. true manifestation. Yep, absolutely. It's just that whole thing is so weird to me. All of it, like with the manifesting it's thing, it's gross. The, the I mean, it's gross. Guide thing, and you know, channeling people's spirit guides, and it's like, no, you're actually just dropping into your imagination. You're you're doing, you know what? I, you're like you're doing nothing. Like that's it, so it, funny yeah. you say that because I'm like, just because you have a thought doesn't mean it's spiritually divine. It's not you a know? download. Yeah. It's not somebody's spirit guide. You have 70,000 thoughts a day. Give me a damn break, you know, yeah. like, and stay in your lane. Why don't you worry about yourself? You know, like. Yeah. <laughs> and it, it's the Akashic records. It's like, no, it's not, babe. Like, it's, mm-hmm. it's not like you just no. have a memory. <laughs> no, it's not, babe. And that stuff is so, I don't want other people's things in my things. Like, don't, like, I don't need that. Yeah. No, there's like an, if, yeah, like, should that all be real? Uh, then what are you doing in my sphere yeah. right now? <laughs> right? Yeah. It's the same yeah. thing that Pixie Lighthorse said. It's none of your business. Yes, mm-hmm. yes, yes, anyway. yes, yes. So interesting. Yeah. I'm so fascinated by so much of this. I've, and language, lot. like going, always going to go back to language too, Gemini's, but like even your word download, I was literally just talking to somebody about that. I'm like, the word download is a brand new word for us with like technology. Like, be, why do we adopt these words like the spiritual community, like the idea of downloading something like a file on a computer? That's new in history. Like what what happened before that? Did they not get downloads or like message it? Like what? There was no like language for these things because like that experience wasn't ever a thing really in this way mm. epiphanies a thing right like yeah. ha- having your own insights a thing but this download like you're not like that's a, like a holier than thou chosen yes. one kind of feeling that is like spiritual elitism i yeah. hate it hate it but also i might be petty too but i'm not given like if i think of something i'm gonna tell you i thought of it because if it's brilliant i'm taking Hell credit yes. for that this All is day. not a download. This is not a download from, from my spirit guides. This is actually yes. what I'm thinking, feeling, saying. That's yeah. me and my authenticity. Like, I'm not giving my power away like that. Oh, ever. my mm-hmm. God. Do you know what ever. is amazing, too? Like, this is such, like, validation for, like, having you on here and uh, having you as, like, our second tarot reader. We haven't done, like, a repeat kind of theme before. Um, But mm-hmm. I'm so glad we did because I have never heard another person say this complaint that you had where it's like it's a cop-out basically like i'm channeling yeah. spirit and all that the only yeah. other person i've ever heard say this is anna tonk who was our tarot expert yeah. early on in this mm-hmm. i'm dead serious she's yeah. had this amazing perspective that blew my mind wide open and she's put words to this experience that i had yep. disdain for you're the only other person who has yeah. said basically like a very similar thing i yeah. that is amazing you yeah. know we are we are picking the best experts on this podcast i love it yes um amy do you have any parting yeah. words we'll we'll plug you but if there's any message anything you feel the need to like, are you getting a download amy are you, amy, are you getting a download Spirit guides just told me that everyone needs to run to my website and book a reading <laughs> the divine yes, the divine yes. no i'm teasing um, I think, I think this is, um, the, the platform that you guys have here is just important. And I think it's unique and I think it's just important because there's so much it's queen of swords energy, right? Just cut the fat, cut through the BS, all of it. And I love it. And people need to be discerning about who it's not, it's not who your soul's resonating with. It's like who, who, you know, 
it just that people need to be discerning when they're in the space about the people that they're working with and their practitioners. And, um, and that's really, it doesn't have to be me, but choose wisely the people that you yeah. work with. No, so, I'll definitely be booking a session. Yeah. This was fascinating. Yeah. And I'll just say like, I mean, like I've always been self-taught with um, tarot. Like I'll look for resources completely on my own. I've genuinely, yeah. I mean, it's like truly up until this moment, I've just never, I've always appreciated your tarot, but like this was the most like education I've received from you about tarot because you're just talking. We're in this like big conversation about it, right? Um, otherwise, I'm always seeing you in action, I guess. But I've never until now felt like I would actually like to take a tarot course from a yes. person. <laughs> you now, I'm I'm like, please put up a tarot course because I would. Like I need to, to. I would yeah, like to learn need, your version yeah. of tarot. I would mm -hmm. love to expand my knowledge in that way. Yeah. So until then. Where yes. can people book you? Where mm -hmm. can they follow you? We're going to put everything in the show notes, but state yes. it out loud. So amyphilbin.com is my website and you can jump on there. There's a free journal prompts download. And then also I'm um, producing that an ebook that is my own personal use of tarot and astrology in that combination. And so that's upcoming. I'm, I, I hope to have that done in the next couple of weeks. My bookings are also there. I'm on TikTok at it's me, Amy Philbin. And then I'm on Instagram at Amy K Philbin. So those are places where you can find me. And yeah, follow, like, Beautiful. book, follow, do all the like, things. Subscribe, book, yeah. whatever. Yeah, yeah. Get, and get on that email yeah. list. So you're aware of these and, updates because like yes. clearly Amy's, Amy's not slowing down right now. Energy and motion right here. Um, thank you, Brian. I'm loving it. Thank you for yeah. spending some time with us. This is yes, this was so, so wonderful. I would loved every second of it. I could listen to you talk for forever. Oh, you're so I look forward <laughs> to connecting with you though outside yes, of this. Absolutely. But yeah, and congratulations on your sobriety too. That's awesome. Thank you. Thank six years in April. So coming oh, up. Yeah. 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 Okay. yeah. You. I love it. Thank you. Back at you. Best decision I've yeah. ever made. A hundred. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> it goes without saying. Hey. <laughs> All right, guys. Um, well, you know where to find her. You know where to find her. You know where to find us. We will see you in the next episode. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Bye. bye.